And now for something completely unexpected. Historians discover secret fountain of youth in local Shakey's Pizza. Full story coming up right after this. I don't think we have Shakey's Pizza here in the uh, the Houston area anymore. It's all CC's and uh, delivery. Hey, this is Tony Motoroy uh, from XJTalk.com, and uh, this is episode 79. So tell me more about this Shakey's Pizza, Josh. I mean, the Fountain of Youth is one story, but just finding a Shakey's Pizza, wow. <laughs> we actually don't even have them here in the Portland metro area. So I just uh, I pulled a name out of the hat, so to speak, and uh, threw it in there. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I feel, I thought, you know, in, in, in central Texas, it may not even be that far away. There's, uh, uh, we would always see this, see this when we were traveling inside of Texas, and it wasn't in the area. I may have mentioned this before. It was just a, such a strange name, and being such a bacon fan that I am, I guess maybe that's why it stuck with me. It was called Piggly Wiggly's. It's a grocery store called Piggly Wiggly's. And I thought, you know, Houston, fourth largest city in the U.S., and we don't have a Piggly Wiggly's? It just seems like we should. Oh, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got something here called a Fatty Patties, uh, which, whose mascot is a pig. Uh, and it's a restaurant, and uh, and they serve gigantic proportions of their meals. They have a, a burger there that will serve eight. Wow. And yeah. uh, it, has there been any, uh, uh, well, I was going to say stabbings, but I guess it would be forkings. <laughs> I've heard, uh, heard more people have been carried out there on stretchers, more due to overeating and splitting in two than uh, than any sort of violence. Because I'm thinking if you're if it's you know if it's a big hamburger and you're all going at it at the same time, there's going to be some fork injuries. Uh, somebody might lose a finger. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this is uh, like I said before. This is episode 79. We're closing in on the magical. Uh, 100 episodes then we can uh, go into syndication and all retire josh hey that sounds like a plan to me i know uh, i remember michael j fox was trying to make it on his uh, spin city to 100 episodes so they could uh, you know have good syndication on that show and of course they made it of course <laughs> yeah we will uh, we will get there and uh we should do something awfully special for that 100th episode oh yeah we will uh we'll we'll do a show <laughs> no i'm sure we'll have something and I, I think, uh, and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, uh, I believe we're going to be bringing something new to the XJ Talk Show with uh, our uh, our te- successful tests of doing some uh, live call-ins. That's right. Yeah, Tony and I have uh, debuted uh, behind other doors a uh, new technology giving us the ability to take live calls, have uh, multiple callers calling in at the same time, and uh, and even being able to do this in real time. So um, that's uh, that's something that we look forward to. And, uh, and we'll be bringing that to this show, uh, maybe not this show, but definitely in future shows. Yeah, next week is what I was thinking. Uh, I, I thought about uh, going ahead and throwing it out there for this week, and then, then I remembered there was some uh, uh, some technical changes, some hardware changes that I that you and I had discussed that I have not done yet. So I want to put those in place first so we can have a little bit better audio, actually so that you can hear the uh, the people on the calls better. Yep, yeah, Tony and I were just, I mean, just really discovered this and played around with it uh, for our other show, other podcast, the Tony and Josh Show. You can go to TonyandJosh.com to check that out. And uh, we gave it a dry run. Uh, our first, uh, well, it was actually the second show that we've done there uh, for the first time. And, and it went pretty well, all things considered. As Tony mentioned, it's going to take some fine-tuning and uh, a little bit of rewiring here in the uh, in the studios, as it were. But uh, 
we're going to get that all dialed in and have you guys give you guys the ability to call into the show during the broadcast, during the live show, uh, which we're doing right now. Uh, and you can check out the live show on Ustream every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Central. Yep, and uh, please join us on our uh, our new uh, podcast, uh, the Tony and Josh Show, uh, and that's uh, Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And currently, we're using this same Ustream. Easy for me to say, Ustream channel, but uh, we will be moving it over to its own, or perhaps even doing something different. Uh, get away from a few of these uh, commercials that you guys have to have to push through uh, <laughs> on the live show. And thank you very much. We have. Uh, uh, brass cats as usual, uh, Bree and Bob, bleh, bleh. man, having, having trouble tonight. I didn't have my nap today because well, it's mother's day. Got your tang tongued and your twords wisted. Uh, I would have a hard time saying that we have uh Bree and Bub off road and uh, paddle trucker. Thanks guys. Uh, none of those are new uh, members to our chat room, but, uh, definitely, uh, appreciate you being there, uh, week after week. Yeah. These are the guys that are, are sick and twisted because they enjoy <laughs> the self deprecation that Tony and I uh, produce over the camera every week. That's how we suck in new viewers. <laughs> You're sick. Of, you know, actually that would probably bring me in. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of crowd I want to be with. <laughs> oh no, nothing but love for you guys. And I appreciate you being here every week and, uh, and folks uh, spread the word. And of course, uh, by all means go check out uh, the XJ talk show, xjtalkshow.com uh, for all the good stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I'm kind of limping along here. I didn't even think about the refresh now. Uh, guys, if uh, uh, you're not familiar, if you're listening on the podcast, I know everybody in the chat room is familiar, familiar with this, uh, but the XJ Talk Show is a, uh, a podcast that we came up with uh, after uh, starting up a forum about Jeep Cherokees. And uh, that forum, we've already mentioned it a few times, is xjtalk.com. And uh, we thought, hey, this might be a little bit of a value add and uh, also to uh, bring out, uh, uh, at least for me and Josh, some of that uh, 12, 14-year-old be on the radio broadcast type thing uh, that uh, was uh, something we uh, envisioned so many years ago, and now we get to kind of play around with it. You know, I love the internet, so it gives us the ability to do this without actually having to have talent and uh, get a... (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, have to have talent and, uh, you know, interview for a job and uh, do a demo reel and all those things. You know, you can just, you know, like I've said before, hey, my dad's got a barn, let's put on a show. So it's kind of like that same... uh, same black and white movie uh, theme that was uh, so many years ago. Uh, I think it was one of those uh, Andy Rooney films that that, that actually came from, uh, which you've got that deer in a headlight look, uh, Josh. That might have been before your time. Oh, no, no. I'm very familiar with who Andy Rooney is. Sorry, I've, I've got uh, multiple windows and tabs open right here right now, and I'm, I'm just sort of uh, multitasking as, uh, as you go on, uh, uh, reminiscing about old times. Yep, and it was old. Uh, it was old black and white then for me too. Although I am old enough to remember when Batman came on. At the bottom of the TV, it says "Now in Color." <laughs> yeah, I, uh, our first TV was black and white that I remember uh, as well. I don't think we got a. Uh, I don't think we got a color TV until I was in oh, dang near in double digits. My uh, my dad said color TV is, has too many uh, too many things that can go wrong. He also did not believe in power windows and locks. Of course, that was back in the day when uh, I think there was only about three or five channels that you could watch anyway, so. Yep, in Houston, there was uh, the uh, the major, you know, the the ABC, CBS, NBC, and uh, then there was, uh, um, gosh, I think there was a 39, which I don't think was, is now the WB, but I don't think it was affiliated with any uh, network at the time. It was just a local Houston channel. 
And, well, I remember uh, in, uh, back in the days when you know the strike at midnight would come around and oh yes bars or the or the the test pattern or the something test pattern with the Indian with the, the war yes. headdress yeah that's right you know I found that online I was trying to do up a, a kind of a funny thing for somebody uh, the test pattern whenever there was a problem that actually I should use that here whenever we get out of line I just put on the test pattern it goes beep <laughs> and it shows the Indian you know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I actually found that online I did a Google search for the image and it was it was really interesting trying to come up with the right uh, the right words to find that image and it was something that i remembered seeing way way back when when i was i was very little which reminds me of something else uh there was a a, a big chief grocery store down uh for yeah down from the corner from where we lived of our neighborhood and i remember i was small enough that uh, uh i guess my mom uh she would actually take me and put me, sit me on the, the little conveyor belt, you know, like kind of like oh, yeah. Maggie does on uh, the Simpsons. Yep. Yep. And, uh, that they would give me a, uh, a nickel with a, uh, a Buffalo head nickel. Oh, wow. They were still in circulation at that time. Very rare, but still in circulation. So that was kind of cool. I remember that very distinctly and I must not have been, four or five years old at the time, maybe even three. Uh, so that probably was a very early memory for me. So what yeah. have you been doing with your stuff, Josh? Oh, uh, geez. So I'm spending some money. Uh, that's how it's going. Really. <laughs> Welcome to Jeep. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what's it stand for? Just empty, empty every pocket. That's right. Yes. So, uh, as I'll, I'll kind of refresh you guys here, bring those of you who are uh, new to the show up to speed, uh, doing a one ton steering upgrade on my 99 XJ and that's uh, going over the knuckle, uh, doing a Durango box swap as well. Uh, I ran into an issue because I'm running, uh, the 15 by eight Jeep ravine wheels with inch and a quarter hub centric wheel spacers. And even with that, I do not have the clearance for the one ton GM tie rod ends, uh, that are on top of the knuckles now. Uh, and so even though I'm having some other issues on top of that, uh, even if I wanted to roll the Jeep down the driveway or even out of the garage at this point, uh, no such luck because the wheels interfere with the tie rod ends. So the top, top of the list right now are wheels and tires. Uh, I've done a lot of research and my mind has changed quite a bit over the last several months. Um, I always, I had a set of, uh, 31 inch Dura tracks back in the day. I told myself after I had those, I loved those tires so much that the only tire that I'm ever going to buy again is going to be a Goodyear Duratrac. And um, now that my Jeep is retired from daily driver status, well, the Duratracs aren't as an attractive of a tire anymore because I'm not going to, it's not going to be seeing that much pavement. So I don't need um, an aggressive all-terrain anymore. I can go with a full-on mud terrain. And so the Kevlars, of course, were um, near the top of the list as well as, uh, as a couple others. Um, but I have decided I'm going to go with the Pro Comp Mud Terrain 2s. Um, the reviews that are coming in are nothing but positive, just like what I found when I was researching um, and to buy my, my Duratrax. Uh, and uh, they seem to be holding up pretty good, and I like the new pattern. The new tread design really is attractive, as is the sidewall, and they appear to be pretty strong. So I'm going to go with a 33-1250 flavor uh, in those in a 15-inch uh, wide rim. Uh, our 15 inch rim. Um, I'm going to, for as far as the wheels go, since I have to get new wheels, um, I, I'm sitting right now at about a four and a quarter inch, roughly backspacing. The, the factory ravines come with a five and a half inch backspacing minus the inch and a quarter wheel spacer that puts me at, well, four and a quarter. 
So I need three and three quarters is what I my math uh, ended up being. I, I mocked up what a four inch backspacing wheel would look like, and um, and it's just not quite going to cut it. So three and three quarters it is. I'm going to go with the um, sort of the fake beadlock look uh, style wheels for now. Um, Allied has a set. Procomp has a set. There's several manufacturers that have a set. Um, because of my relationship with four wheel parts, I went ahead and ordered everything through four wheel parts. And, uh, and I'm, I just got to figure out a way to pay for it now. So 33, 1250, uh, pro comp MT twos with the, uh, pro comp, I think they're 152 series rock crawler, fake beadlock rims. Uh, so that's, that's the gist of it. Uh, the parts are coming. Um, it's all going to roll me, uh, well, roughly about $1,200 or so, I think is what the pro- total price tag is going to be with wheels and tires. Um, but that didn't solve all of my issues. No, my other issue is I have interference with the track bar and the tie rod. So the track bar is going to have to come out. My, uh, my rugged Ridge double shear adjustable track bar has got to come out. Um, it's all getting shaved off. The brackets are all getting cut off the high pinion Dana 30 I have. And what's going in is something I just ordered, uh, just this weekend, uh, thanks to their mother's day sale. It's just Rough Stuff, Rough Stuff's Pan Hard Bar Kit. Uh, right now, I think it's a 20 or 30% off sale. Um, anything at Rough Stuff, uh, you can get 20 or 30% off if you enter in the code MOTHER at checkout. And so I took advantage of that sale and, uh, and ordered up that Pan Hard Kit from Rough Stuff. And that means you're going to have to weld on top of the tube, right? Yeah, those brackets are going to get cut off and uh, going to weld on a new bracket on the uh, on the frame side and weld on a new bracket on the axle side. So I had to do some math and figure out if I was going to go with the offset style or if I was going to go straight on top of the axle. Uh, I'm going to be pushing my axle forward just to skosh anyways with the adjustable track bar, I mean with the adjustable control arms that I've got. Uh, so I went with the um, just slightly off kilter, off axis uh, mount on the axle side. So... We'll see how that all works out, um, and that should be here. Well, I'm gonna guess sometime next week. That's a, that's basically a straight uh, track bar, right? Yeah, yeah, no bend at all. That'll be so, a lot stronger. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, the 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 rugged ridge setup I have now is extremely beefy, uh, especially compared to compared to the stock stuff. Um, and, and of course, the adjustability was nice, double shear, um, really strong. Never had any issues with it with the exception of a bushing wearing out on the axle side. Um, but uh, their customer service was top-notch, and they sent me one out. Actually, they sent me two replacements out um, very fast once they were aware of the issue. So, um, yeah, I was uh, very happy with Rugged Ridge, and I, and I would highly recommend that to anybody who's, um, who's in the you know, market for an adjustable track bar. Well, I guess you'll be selling one pretty soon. Actually, as a matter of fact, Tony, um, this last week has been pretty crazy. Uh, I've been having what's called a fire sale. Um, for those of you who don't know, a fire sale is where everything's got to go. And because, uh, like, yeah, the garage is on fire, so to speak. But no, not really. It's um, having a fire sale, I just put about well, everything I had on Craigslist. Um, I had about nine or 10 items at one point, uh, most of it Jeep stuff, uh, some other stuff I've had laying around collecting dust. And, uh, and just trying to, trying to get some of the stuff that one, I'm no longer going to have a use for, or will ever be able to use again. Um, like this double shear track bar that I've got to take off. Once I go with this pan hard kit, there's no going back. So, uh, even if I wanted to keep it as a spare, there's no way that I could use it again. So, um, it, it's pointless. And so it's going to get another home with somebody else. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Well, I, I sold my, uh, I, I had, uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the show or not, but, uh, I had bought some, uh, 
33 by 12 and a half uh, BFGs for the wife's um, TJ. Yeah. And uh, I had uh, went ahead and brought the uh, the old tires home. The only reason I really changed them was I wanted a little bit bigger tire. Wanted to go ahead and get the some better tires on there. I mean, the, the Toyos, Toyota, I want to say Toyota, but I think they're Toyos or something. You know, so, open country or something like that? Yeah, it's supposed to be a good tire. It's just not what I wanted on there. And they were 32s. And they really look more like street tires than anything else. And and even even though the BFG ATs aren't as uh, aggressive looking as the M uh, the MTs or the KMs, uh, the KM twos are are much more AT ish now anyway. So they are, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is I, I got them and uh, brought all five of the uh, Toyos home and uh, put uh, put them up. Uh, one's brand new; it had never even been used other than a spare uh, as a spare tire on the back of the Jeep. So its job was to look good, and uh, so I took them all off, brought them home, and put them on Craigslist. The uh, the brand spanking new one, hundred bucks, still have that one, but I did sell the the four used ones. So uh, yeah, that was last week. I got three hundred bucks for them. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got my whole setup right now: wheels and tires, and uh, and the wheel spacers. Those are all up for grabs right now. Um, so if anybody wants to pay an exorbitant amount of shipping, <laughs> you can uh, hit me up, and and we'll figure out how to get these things on a pallet and off to you. Well, there's probably people in uh, Portland that listen to us. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've got them up on Craigslist. I've got them up on uh, the local forums here, Naxja and uh, and JeepForum.com. Um, I have yet to put them up on XJ Talk. Uh, I figured, honestly, I figured they would have gone by now. I didn't expect them to last this long. So, well, uh, it's probably the economy, and, well, probably, and, and the time of year. You know, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, no, that's got something to do with it. Tax season uh, was just, uh, just you know, last month, and uh, I imagine that people are just a little tight on uh, tight on money right now. So maybe uh, I might end up holding on to them for another you know month or so, wait for kids to get out of school, and then people have a little more a uh, little more money in their pocket. Yeah, maybe summertime for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. First week in G. Well, guys, all kinds of stuff going on uh, in the world of Jeep, as it were, this week. Um, Chrysler and Jeep not doing so hot right now. Their income plummets a whopping 65%. Now, for you and I, if we were to lose 65% of our income, well, we'd be sleeping in a cardboard box. But when we're talking about the world of auto manufacturers, well, 65%, although it's a big hit, they're still doing all right. Uh, this is partially due to a poor launching of both the 2013 Ram uh, heavy-duty pickup and the 2014 Grand Cherokee, the Jeep's Grand Cherokee. Uh, both of those did not launch very well. They spent more money than they were planning to on those launches, and, uh, and things just didn't go quite as planned. On top of that, as if that wasn't bad enough, first quarter revenue was hurt quite a bit, a whopping 6 full percent due to lost shipments, that, that's plural, lost shipments, of both the Ram Heavy Duty as well as the Grand Cherokee, which are the profit leaders of their respective brands. So that's not too good. Jeep, Chrysler, you guys got to hold on to your shipments. You can't be losing trucks and Jeeps uh, if you're expecting to make any money. On top of that, um, we're going to head over to Iceland. If you guys ever make it out to Iceland, well, sp uh, plan on spending about 20,000 krona, and you can get yourself a super Jeep to take a tour of the uh, Hengil supervolcano. Uh, there's a big volcano over there. It's active, and Iceland is giving tours in what they're calling a super Jeep. The problem is, it looks like a Toyota. 
That's right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and post up a link to the pictures of this thing in your show notes. They're advertising it as a Super Jeep, but if you look at the photo, it looks very much like a Toyota grill. Uh, there's a symbol on the grill that looks like the Toyota symbol. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that. I'm expecting to see Jeep send off a cease and desist letter off to the uh, tour company in Iceland that's doing this. And uh, some other stuff, uh, as far as our Jeep Cherokee, the 2014 Jeep Cherokee, the Jeep we all love to hate. Uh, as we know, that uh, China is going to start manufacturing these things here real soon. Um, but here's the caveat, is that Jeep, the new Jeep Cherokee in China may not go by the Cherokee name. No, it may go by a different name altogether. This is uh, released by Car News China after the 2014 Jeep Cherokee was debuted at the Shanghai Motor Show as the new name possibly being Liberty Light, which is weird because Liberty has never been sold in China. However, the XJ, the Cherokee, the Cherokees that we all love, however, was sold and manufactured there. Uh, but it didn't go by the Cherokee name. No, it went by um, what is phonetically translated as, and I'm going to butcher this, so for all of our Chinese-speaking listeners out there, I apologize. I think it's pronounced Quinoji. Uh, so it's Q-I-N-U-O-J-I. It's a phonetic translation of the Cherokee. So um, that's how the XJ was was branded there in China. Now, and even though the Liberty Light was never made or sold there, for that matter, uh, the new Cherokee, word has it, is not going to go by Cherokee, but going to go by Liberty Light, which is probably a more apt name because this thing is more of a car than it is a Cherokee. But, you know, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole ever again. Much. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Mickey G. And I've got a comment and a question. My comment is, uh, I'd like to say thanks, guys, for the podcast. It's very informative. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, all the guys that in the forum that help answer my questions. Uh, you guys keep my Jeep rolling. So uh, the accident I just caused is on you guys. And uh, for my question, I took my Jeep to a mechanic, and he told me my tires need to rotate it. And it didn't sound right to me because... Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure my tires rotate every time I drive the Jeep. It's a simple eighth grade physics, and I've got a ninth grade education. So uh, I wanted to test this theory out. So I jumped in the Jeep, started it up, put it in gear, and then I hopped out to see if the tires were rotating. And sure enough, they rotated. And I watched it rotate down the road and around the corner, and I ain't seen my Jeep since. <laughs> So my question is, is what button on this key fob do I press to bring the Jeep back, or is the boomerang feature only available in Australia? All right, guys. I'll chat at you later. i got to go. My neighbor's here complaining there's something wrong with his pool. All right. Thanks. Thanks for your help, and I'll chat to you guys later. Bye. Hey, this is G, and uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody out there who uh, helps answer my questions and 
helps me out when I'm stuck doing repairs on the seat. Now, I'm not a very mechanic-inclined guy, and I thought I'd appreciate everybody's help. Just uh, last year, I had to pay a mechanic $800 to change my muffler bearings, but uh, this year, I put out a set of flare, and uh, a bunch of people come to come and help me out, and I was able to change it myself, and it only cost me $1,200, thus increasing the value of my Jeep. But uh, I want to I change my commuter valve now. I think it's going bad, and I can't find an article or a write-up on that. And so if anybody has any tips, I'd appreciate it. And I'd do a write-up on it myself, but I can't find a spell check program that uh, deciphers my mountain gibberish. So, alrighty. Well, thanks for the help, guys. And uh, well, i got to go to light the turning green. Now, wait, it's, it's red again. i got some time. I guess I'll, I'll call my mom now. I haven't bothered her in a while. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. What a perfect uh, mother reference on Mother's Day. Yeah, very apt. Now, Nikki G, uh, if you want uh, tips on that commuter valve, you're going to go ahead and have to send a self-addressed stamp envelope and $1,000 cash uh, to Josh B. at XJ Talk Show, uh, P.O. Box, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> now, just... We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. Well, this is my fault. <clears throat> I didn't think to do this tonight till uh, just now while the voicemails were playing, but uh, we actually have uh, an iTunes review, Josh. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I'm always excited to hear those. Uh, folks, if you're using iTunes, you know somebody who's using iTunes. They're a podcast enthusiast. Uh, if you have an Apple device, obviously you're using iTunes. Please head over to iTunes, find the XJ Talk Show, and give us a five-star review, and feel free to leave a comment. Keep it short and sweet or nice and long, and either way, doesn't matter. We just love to hear from you. And, uh, fortunately, we haven't received any uh, any of these report of concern. Uh, uh, at least I don't think so. I, I guess I would see that if we had. Anyway, oh, so anyway, <clears throat> this uh, this iTunes review uh, is by uh, looks like uh, Lamborghini 1980, uh, 1995. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, it says if you have a Jeep Cherokee in parentheses uh, the good one or enjoy the Jeep community in general. This is a great podcast to subscribe to. They have different topics throughout the show, and it always surprises. The forum is, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> the, the forum is filled with helpful and kind Jeepers with years of experience. The best part of my weekend is tuning into the live podcast on Sunday nights before I go to bed. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. One of these I days, I'm going to learn just to read these things and, and quit editorializing. Well, and I, I could have sworn I heard you say prodcast. I think there's I did. No, no prodding of, involved, at least uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Lots of casting, though. Lots of casting. We're Plenty always, of always trying something to to bring more people in. Well, that's great. I really appreciate that. I get a little I get a little down from time to time because uh, even though Josh and I have fun doing this, it it is work. It is an effort, and uh, it's an effort uh, to do it every week. So. It's a little disheartening when I don't see uh, the numbers that I think we should have. Um, I, I guess maybe that sounds a, a little arrogant, but I, I think we got a pretty good show here, Josh. And and I don't know if the if the 
if the audience that we're trying to reach is a, is a little too small or uh, if, if we're just not very good? Well, I think it uh, might be a little bit of both. I know that you're not very good and uh, our show is small. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't reached that 100 show mark yet. I think uh, once we get to those 100 shows, um, things are going to really blow up. I mean, it's obviously been increasing over the, well, the last several months, um, just going very off true. the numbers, you know, and uh, uh, so it's, it, it's, a, it's a slow crawl. We'll put it that way. And uh, that's, how, that's how XJs always are. It's a slow crawl of the rocks. Yep, uh, we'll we'll get there. Um, so we'll probably be making a few little changes here, especially with the uh, uh, the live call thing. Uh, try to change things up a little bit. See what kind of uh, what kind of trouble we could get into. Maybe get a uh, the show to a larger audience. And uh, so stay tuned. Hope you like it. If you don't, make sure that you uh, let us know how you feel about it. Yes, and you can do that by a number of ways. You can email us, uh, or uh, you can email us directly at newstips at xjtalk.com. Or give us a call or a text even at 530-675-4102. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a text. Either way, it counts, and we love to hear you. And if I didn't already mention it, Nick, Nikki G., thank you very much for the very funny uh, voicemails. Keep them coming. Absolutely. Much appreciated on that. And, uh, folks, hey, Nikki's showing you up. You're going to have to get involved. I'm sure you guys out there got a funny bone. Go ahead and leave us a voicemail. And, of course, it doesn't have to be funny. Uh, it can just be anything. A uh, comment on the podcast, a question, uh, a comment about anything, really. Um, don't care. Josh, can I, Josh and I can talk about pretty much anything. Oh, sure. And if you'd like to cuss us out, well, that's about the only way you're going to get to do it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> So uh, what we have coming up tonight is a Jeep tip with uh, Steve, specifically about uh, tuning up your uh, Jeep Cherokee uh, the, with a 4.0 liter engine and uh, more, I guess, more to the point about uh, when you should change sensors. Uh, when is it a good time to uh, change out a, uh, a uh, crank position sensor? When's it a good time to, to ch- uh, change out a mat or uh, an I, 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 I always get this messed up. I, I want to say IAH because that's uh, Intercontinental uh, Houston Airport. Uh, now, hey, uh, now you got me stumbling. IAC. IAC. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't care control valve. Yes. And, uh, or a TPS. So all those fun things, which uh, you can find out more information about on xjtalk.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one just sitting there listening to the XJ Talk Show. Why aren't you a part of it? What? Tell me more, you say? Well, it's pretty simple. You can become an XJ Talk Show reporter. All you need is a smartphone and the ability to talk to people. Just email reporter at xjtalk.com for more information. I know you've heard us talk about Amazon on the podcast before, but have you heard about our new game? You bought what? It's a lot of fun, and we want you guys to play along. All you have to do is go to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and click on the Amazon banner there on the main page. This takes you right to Amazon, where you can buy any crazy little thingamajig to join in on the fun. Amazon gives us a list every week of what you guys are buying, but we don't get to know who it is that's buying it. As an added bonus, you get the same great price you always would, and Amazon is going to give the show a small pittance for you playing along. So let's all have some fun. The XJ Talk Show and Amazon.com. This is Brian Myers from JC Off-Road, and i just been overhauled. Uh, I mean, you're listening to XJ Talk here. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. 
And we're back tonight with Steve, 4.3 LXJ, for tonight's Jeep tip, uh, talking about tuning up your 4.0 in your Jeep. Welcome back, Steve. Hi, Tony. Good to be back. So um, we all have to tune up our vehicles, uh, or, well, we should. Sometimes we, we wait till they start running uh, running poorly before we start throwing parts at it. But uh, uh, how often should we do a tune-up, and what do you think we need to replace? Well, that's a good question. Uh, as we get into electronic uh, controls and things like that, uh, the tune-up intervals can get longer. I would tune up a 4.0 about every 50,000 miles, I think. Um, is about all you need to really do, and uh, however long it takes. It's kind of like changing your oil. It's a preventative maintenance that you do to your 4.0 to make sure that the thing runs right. So most of us have uh, Renix era 4.0s, or uh, we have HOs and, and so forth. They have a distributor in them, and Inside of that distributor, there's a rotor, and every time that rotor goes around and gets near one of those little contact points for your spark plug wires, there's an arc in there. And that arc, over time, erodes the conductivity of those contacts. And so it's like any other switch that you have. Eventually, it starts to get weak, and it starts to fail on you. So what we do is we just take that distributor cap off, and we change the rotor in the cap. Now, a word of caution, when you go to change your distributor cap, um, you have to do this methodically or you can get the the firing order all messed up. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And then, then you'll be on the forum saying, help me, what do I do now? So the best way to do that is just to hold your distributor cap in the correct position with the old one still attached. And... Take one wire off and put it in the same position as it is on the old cap. And take the next wire off and put that in the same position. And work your way all the way around until you're done. Then you can take the old cap off and take the rotor off and put the new rotor in and then put the new cap down. And that way you won't mess up your firing order. So that's probably something we've all done. Yes. And, uh, then, of course, we go and we change the plugs. And one of the things that's kind of odd about the 4.0 engine is that it's really kind of an old-school motor that they've made improvements on since the 60s. And uh, it started out as a 242 AMC engine that uh, was put in Rambler cars, uh, like Pacers and, and whatever. Um, and then it found its way in the 70s, late 70s, into Jeeps. And uh, I can remember when they first started, I thought, why would anybody want one of these six cylinders when you could have a good 304 V8 that was really nice and strong and very upgradable, and uh, you could do some cool things with it, like take it out and bolt in a 401 and, and uh, have 425 horsepower in your CJ and all that kind of thing. But... The, the 304s and 401s didn't last. It was the six-cylinder that lasted. And uh, it that was the motor that uh, Jeeps were originally designed for, but they didn't put in until uh, 87. So as it progressed and became electronically controlled and so forth, there are additional things you have to consider when you go to tune one of these up. And there's a lot of things that should be done 
that people just neglect either for lack of knowledge or I don't feel like crawling underneath it or any other reasons you can think of. Well, expense as well. Well, yeah, expense. It's much cheaper just to go buy points, plugs, and rotors, right? Yes. <laughs> but uh, there, there are some things you really need to consider on a periodic basis. And uh, when you change that distributor cap and the, the rotor every 50,000 miles, uh, along with your champion cheapo copper spark plugs that the four liters like, um, you should change your oxygen sensor. And I don't know how many times people uh, get on the forum and post my, my Jeep's running lousy and everything. And, and, you know, the gas mileage sucks. And what am I going to do with this? And one of the first things I always ask is, when was the last time your oxygen sensor was changed? And some of these people have like 230, 250,000 miles on their Jeeps. And as far as they know, it's never, ever been changed. I'm surprised they run personally. Yeah. yeah it's impressive. <laughs> well, they aren't designed to last that long. Um, Jeep's official blurb is that you should change those things out every 28,000 miles, which I think is a little excessive. Yeah. I but, too. Uh, yeah. But 50,000 miles is, is a, a good interval. And there's a reason for that. Those oxygen sensors generate their own power kind of like a solar panel does. Solar panels wear out after a while. They start getting diminished output, and then after about 25 years, you got to go buy new solar panels because they just don't cut it anymore. Oxygen sensors are the same. They generate a current, too. They generate 5 volts that are, are varying voltage, but it's enough that it affects the uh, engine control module. And so... You're boiling off electrons off of the element there. And pretty soon it just has less electrons available to send to the engine control module. And as that current diminishes, it what the engine control module thinks is, oh, low current. Uh, therefore, I've got to uh, start kicking in more gas to make this come out right. right. When in actuality... What's really happening is the oxygen sensor is not able to send enough electrical current to the engine control module to tell it that it's burning too rich. Right. So you get poor gas mileage and worse and worse and worse. And then pretty soon it's running like it's got a choke on a carburetor all the time. And some people get eight miles to a gallon, 10 miles to a gallon good day uh, with a stock vehicle when they should be getting 16 or better and they change this oxygen sensor out and whoa got all my mileage back and I got some horsepower <laughs> so it's just one of those things you got to pony up every 50,000 miles you got to go down to the parts store and get yourself a new oxygen sensor and change it out and when you do there's one thing that's very important since it's on an exhaust pipe that rusts just because of the harsh environment that it's in um, you really need to put anti-seize compound on that oxygen sensor. It'll make it so much easier to get it back out the next time. And you, you need to make sure you keep that on the threads and not on the sensor itself. 
Correct. Yeah, just the threads. That's where NICs goes, is on the threads. Well, uh, if, if you're new to the whole concept, it, it may wind up on the end that goes inside the exhaust. And it might get burned off, but then again, too, it might uh, provide erroneous readings. And at 60 70 bucks uh, a sensor. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just made an assumption there. I'm sorry <laughs> that if you use NICs, it only goes on the threads. You don't use too much of it. But anyway. Right. Uh, I understand what you're thinking here. I should have anticipated that. Okay, well, that's the oxygen sensor. Uh, every 50,000 miles, you should do that. So the next thing you need to worry about every 50,000 miles after you've changed your oxygen sensor is to grab yourself a wrench and pull the idle air control. Uh, it's not a sensor. It's, it's a, a motor, an electric motor that has a plunger that goes up and down on your intake manifold. And it's responsible for introducing the idle air source into your engine when your foot is off of the gas pedal. And there's not very much air involved, really. It doesn't take much air for a motor to idle. And these things get gummy, they get dirty, and when they do, they don't function properly. And the end result is that you pull up to a stop sign and the engine dies, or it it idles too low and shakes and stuff like that. And so people will get on the forum, not that we mind answering, but this is a, a typical thing. You know, I came to a stop sign and it just dies on me. And so what do I do? So all you have to do to start with is just to pull that idle air controller out. It's on the side of the intake manifold by the uh, uh, butterfly and uh, throttle body there. And just... Take some uh, uh, carburetor cleaner or any other similar substance and spray it on there and take a, a brush or a rag and, and uh, clean all the gunk off of it and off of the port where it seats. And then it's able to operate smoothly again. And you put it all back together. And if it's been dirty and giving you a problem, you'll find that your Jeep idles again. But the idea here is not to do it after it's just not running right. It's an item of preventative maintenance. It's like cleaning your engine oil. Well, in this case, you're cleaning a mechanical component on your electronic uh, engine controls. So you clean this thing up every 50,000 miles, put it in there, and as long as the spark plugs and everything and your O2 sensor are working, you shouldn't have any idling problems. And, and this is an important thing. If you uh, live in a, uh, a smog state like California, where I live, or Arizona, or Pennsylvania, or the uh, Portland area, or Seattle area in the Pacific Northwest, just to mention a few, uh, one of the things they check is to make sure your engine is idling properly. And if you don't have the right RPMs on your idle, you won't pass their smog test. So it's uh, just one of those things you need to do every so often so that your Jeep will stay idling correctly. Well, let's, let's not forget too. We, uh, we all have a tendency to get out in the middle of the wilderness and Murphy's law clearly dictates that's whenever one of these uh, items that you should have been maintaining is going to fail. And, uh, you're going to be miles away from a parts store. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I don't like leaving my baby alone in the wilderness. Yeah. Well, if, if it ended up that my vehicle broke down out in the woods, I'm sleeping in it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's just the way it is. I want to keep it. The third thing that uh, 
nobody ever addresses and is also a really consistent uh, problem that shows up on our forum is that my Jeep just died. What happened? And what it ends up, the first thing that we always suggest, most of us, is the crank position sensor. When was the last time you've changed it? Well, it's never been changed. So again, we have a component, it's a sensor, and in it's in kind of a harsh environment. Uh, it goes through the bell housing and gets dirty and, and they don't like to be wet too much. And so when you put 250,000 miles on your Cherokee, your engine's still growing strong, your AW4 transmission's in great shape and still going, and your Jeep's dead, maybe it starts up again later, maybe it doesn't, or it doesn't idle correctly, or any number of things like that that are mysterious, it's usually the crank position sensor. So my recommendation is that every 100,000 miles, you pony up and you go get a new one and put it in. Now, when you do this, there's one thing that I would suggest, and that is that there's usually a Torx bolt holding these things in. And people always complain that that Torx bit makes it hard to get that bolt off and everything. Take that Torx bolt, go down to the hardware store where they sell metric bolts and get something with the same length and, and uh, width and thread pitch with a hex head on it so that you can just put a socket on it. It'll be so much easier that way. And just then reinstall your crank position sensor, make sure there's a good connection on the plug, and uh, then you're ready to go. And then it won't fail on you. And that's one component for sure that if it fails on you out in the boondock someplace, you may not go anyplace no matter what you do. Because without that crank position sensor, the engine will absolutely not run. So every 100,000 miles, when you get that uh, oxygen sensor and you clean your idle air control again, make sure you get a crank position sensor and put it in, and then you won't have any trouble with it. And just so you guys understand, the crank position sensor is how the computer knows uh, where the crank is, just like it says, crank position. So if the computer don't know, it ain't going to tell anything to squirt fuel or send a, a spark to the spark plug. That is correct. Uh, if it doesn't sense movement on the uh, crankshaft with that sensor, as far as the engine control module is concerned, the key is on and the engine is off. Yep. So uh, that might be a, a clarification for, for those of you that don't know what the, the, the CPS does um, and, and how it could uh, affect you so dramatically. And it's so critical, Steve, I'm surprised they didn't put two of them on there. <laughs> well, just to be honest with you, uh, from what I've heard, it doesn't matter whose crank position sensor it is. It has trouble sooner or later. Uh, when I chose the particular engine I did to put in my Jeep, um, I didn't want to get a 95 engine. I chose a 93 or a 94 because in 95, Chevrolet went to a crank position sensor also, and I heard they were problematic, just like the Jeep sensors. So uh, it's just one of those things that they uh, they go out on you, and when they do, you're dead. Yeah, and and we're talking about the 4.3 uh, liter that you have in your uh, in your Jeep, not a yes, 4.0. The, the 4.3, and it wouldn't matter if it was a 4.3 or a 5.7. Interesting. Um, it's always fun. In, in 96. Yeah, 96, I think they went to uh, 
the uh, crank position sensor on the 5.7. It's always fun buying a new vehicle because you don't know what engineering snafu is going to uh, rear its ugly head until years later. It's one of the things that makes me nervous about getting a new vehicle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, our Jeeps have all been around long enough that uh, there, there's certain little common bugs that show up and and what it's all about this time is how to prevent those bugs from showing up. Yep, very clear uh, clear message and I think a good one. So you guys, uh, uh, it'll cost a little bit of money. Uh, I think uh, the, uh, the Chrysler, uh, Jeep Chrysler uh, CPS that I bought for mine was uh, around 130, 150 bucks, uh, but uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, the one that I got from uh, eBay for 40 bucks was not worth it. <laughs> it was $40 that I had to throw away. I priced one at Napa for my son's TJ the other day. Um, they have different part numbers, but there's a different warranty. I'm not sure it's a different sensor or not. One has uh, a 30 day warranty and one has a year's warranty. So I think that's what it was. Anyway, one was 35 and one was 45 bucks. Oh, not bad at all. So that's, that's really not bad every hundred thousand miles. Yeah, that that's not that much for, some good insurance. And in fact, uh, to really be safe, what I would suggest is that after you change out that crank position sensor, that one that's still working at a hundred thousand miles, that one goes in the glove box. Absolutely. In case. And don't forget the tools you need to change it. Uh, I mean, worst case, somebody can always bring you some, but, uh, it's not that difficult to change if you have the, uh, a socket, uh, a, uh, wrench and a long extension. Well, I, I never wheel without a lot of tools. So I don't carry too many when I'm just going around town here. I can call my wife and we can grab the tow strap out of the back and we can tow the Jeep home with a Subaru or the pickup or something. But when I get up in the woods, uh, in addition to recovery gear, there's a lot of tools with me. Steve, I better never see a picture of a Subaru towing you home. <laughs> well, we didn't take a picture of it when it happened. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. Great information as usual. Okay. Catch you later. And now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. Well, that's our show for tonight. I want to thank uh, Steve for doing the uh, Jeep tips, as always. And, uh, you know, he contacted me the uh, day before yesterday with a couple more ideas. So I don't even have to poke him with a stick. He's, he's working. He's thinking. He's uh, wanting to schedule a time to record more of these uh, Jeep tips. Man, what a resource. What a great resource. And if you yeah. don't know, that's uh, 4.3 LXJ on XJTalk.com. 
Yep, uh, I see him posting up quite a bit, always giving top-notch advice and glad to have him on board with the show doing those Jeep tips. And I got to give big thanks out there to Pre-Runner 1982 and XJ Wheeler, both this week submitting some Jeep tips, or I'm sorry, some news tips. Yep, for this week in Jeep. That's right. Really? Folks, you can too, uh, with news tips at xjtalk.com. Send us an email if you've got a link to something you'd like to, or I think you, sh- you think I should be talking about on this week in Jeep. Yeah, and uh, I'll just mention real quick, I'm really surprised to hear about the uh, the drop in uh, income uh, for Chrysler. Um, they dropped the ball. They uh, dropped a couple of shipments, apparently. So, uh, you know, that, it goes to show you got to stay on top of things. But can you can you lose 65% of your, your profit from a couple of lost shipments? I mean, my God, those would have to be super tankers. Well, I was going to say, you've seen the size of those boats, haven't you? How do you lose that, man? And why isn't it in my backyard? Yeah, seriously. I know there's an insurance agent out there that's just... <laughs> oh, <really> no. <laughs> that must be Lloyd's of London, that, t- that t- size of a loss. Well, folks, don't lose the link uh, to the XJ Talk Show. Don't lose our number, 530-675-4102, and I hope to catch you guys next week. And make sure that you tell all your friends that we're going to be switching over to live phone calls uh, probably next week. So um, get ready. Get ready to come be on the show. Uh, it'll be lots of fun. You'll be able to interact and uh, talk to your uh, your fellow uh, Jeepers, your fellow XJ Talk members, and XJ Talk Show um, radio personalities. Yeah, but also too the XJ Talk Show. What do you call them? The audience, the members, the the listeners. Our groupies. <laughs> oh, gee. I guess that thousand here. <laughs> things that have been seen in my head can't be unseen. All right, guys, till next week, have uh, a great week, and uh, be safe out there. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road, too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Be sure to friend XJ Talk on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and add us to your circles on Google. Join the XJTalk.com community and check out our sister site, WranglerTalk.com.